Welcome to Hugging the Cactus and the Keep Going Podcast. I'm Andy Signor, and I'm so happy today to have a guest that I, I'm such a fan of, Josh Robert Thompson. How you doing, Josh? Andy is a friend of mine. <laughs> Andy Signor was a friend of mine. Oh, my God. I, I love, love that. I love There's saying it all. Morgan, Andy, I know. I'm Andy. Andy Dufresne and Morgan Freeman. Andy. Josh, you may know as from so many things. He did the George Lucas things over on Collider, those deep fakes that went super oh, viral. Yeah. Super fun. <laughs> Uh, and he also played uh, uh, Jeff Peterson, the robot, over on uh, the Craig Ferguson show back in the day. Here I have a yeah. picture of him as the Jeff Fer- uh, as uh, from the Jeff Ferguson, Ooh, Jeff Robertson is. from Ooh, Craig. Oh, Josh! Look at Josh there! <laughs> oh, Josh! Uh, but it was I, I'm so glad to have you on because you're actually here for a good cause. Uh, you have a friend. That's a sad story. You have a friend who's battling cancer, uh, but you're doing a yeah. good thing for him, this friend. You're starting a fundraiser to help him out of I, I imagine so much debt, stupid health insurance costs, and things that happen in the world. So yeah. you've created some awesome apparel using Jeff, etc. cetera, uh, and you're raising funds uh, this through this weekend. Uh, and you can go support this on his website, Ink to the People. Uh, there's a ball shirt, a mask, uh, some Jeff uh, Andy Warhol. Hall style uh, shirts and things. Uh, if you're a fan, or even if you're not a fan, you want to do some good, uh, I'll put the link in the description to go support Josh and this cause for his buddy. But what a kind thing you're doing, man. Good for you to be out there doing this. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a guy I've known, oh man, for years, since seventh grade, 1988. Uh, Matt, Matt Lodi is his name, and he's a Cleveland sports reporter for the last over 25 years, and he's been battling uh, stage four lymphoma for the last two years of his life. And uh, yeah, you know, and people over the years have been asking, when is there going to be Jeff merch? And uh, I kind of wasn't able to do that. It was sort of out of my hands, but. um, But now it's for charity. It's for charity, (laughs) as long as I'm not making any money from it. Yeah. Who's going to shut that down? Exactly. Not making a buck. No, no excuses. I want to see everyone out there sharing it. Craig Ferguson, you better be sharing. Everybody better be putting out there doing the good word on this because this is for a good cause. Uh, do the right yeah. thing here. Everybody get the word out this and share this. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna definitely make sure I get the word out on this. Uh, in fact, Thanks, I want to get man. one of these shirts. These are cute. Uh, but so anybody, you have till Saturday this weekend. Uh, go support it. Still, follow Josh. A lot of other things you can learn about him. But this all brought up a good conversation I wanted to have with you on this channel because I, I'm trying to pivot this channel from as we were talking before. It's not, it's not all just cancel culture i think a lot of people are finally learning all right well what's and and so many people are inspired by me of like well andy you're back you stood back up like you're moving on and and i I, have a similar version and completely different but a similar thing in that you you know this is a character that you played for a long time that you sort of ignored for a while right you were sort of were annoyed that you had to sort of be the robot and sort of do the robot thing forever and oh yeah okay that's a more than just jeff the robot etc etc and so this has been something you've been sort of uh you know working on for a while and so this time Topic that we sort of come up with how to embrace the past how to embrace being jeff the robot while still mm-hmm. moving forward uh that's what we're going to talk about tonight so tell me uh, before we get to sort of how you move forward positively can you sort of share the positive like when you got this gig i imagine this was like a life-changing opportunity we're like oh shit this is gonna really open up some doors like this is a re because it wasn't reoccurring at first correct right yeah it was just sort of sporadically and uh you know craig ferguson came up with this idea of a robot skeleton army. He would always joke about a robot skeleton army. I think his, his son had come up with it as well when he was very little. Anyway, he got uh, the late great rest in peace, Grant Imahara uh, from mm-hmm. Mythbusters, who sadly uh, we lost last year. Um, it's very tragic and very sad, but Grant um, built and engineered 
Jeff Peterson. And Craig did the voice for the first couple of weeks. And then as Craig uh, was wont to do, he got very bored with it. He got bored <laughs> with a lot of things on that show. And so he asked me, to his credit, he asked me, um, he said, hey, man, would you like to try the robot, man, just see what happens, you know? And his version was very robotic. Hello, Craig. It was like a Dalek from Doctor Who. It was very, you're the man, Craig. And the whole idea was that it was it was a send-up of the sidekick. It was making fun of that whole mm-hmm. concept of the sidekick. Anyway, I came in and I pre-recorded the voice for a couple of years. And then one day we decided to try it out live in studio. So I, I did, in fact, operate or puppeteer Jeff at the same time while voicing him. And, of course that was just lightning in a bottle and um you know the rest is history so that's really that's the short version of it i was already on the show for a few years before that starting in 2007 doing on-camera sketches you know as arnold schwarzenegger they would put me in all this makeup and say craig how are you or i'd be rabbit de niro i don't craig you know and play various characters but nothing on a regular basis and then this jeff thing kind of blew up around 2011 it was april 2011 it's just 10 years almost almost a decade ago when I started officially doing it uh, on the show. Pretty so, amazing. yeah, it's super amazing. And you're, it's, it's so fascinating because the story of you is kind of, I mean, it, I'm glad you've seen a positive way because some could see it sad of like, all you, right, you have to do these impressions, which sometimes you're hidden and it can't be Josh. And yeah. then you got to do this robot and it can't be Josh. Like, right. does that, I, I imagine that also takes a toll of you're like, hey, I'm good too. Can I, can I come forward and do this? What, what, was there a struggle at a certain point when you're like, man, can I just come out and be me at a certain point on this show or anywhere Absolutely. else? Absolutely. I think, I think, because um, anytime I was on camera, and I'm glad you brought that up. I was as another character. So we, we would do sketches as like Kraftwerk, like Kraftwerk Christmas. We would play two members of Kraftwerk, always in makeup. Arnold, heavy prosthetics, De Niro, all the makeup with the hair and the mole. So people never really knew it was me. Um, the, the worst, I think the, 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 the thing that I was saddest about at the time is we went to Comic-Con two times with Jeff Peterson. We took the robot to Comic-Con. And we had a CBS booth. And as you know, from Comic-Con's past, that's what people are there for, the CBS booth. You know, people <laughs> love, <laughs> I can't wait to get to Comic-Con and see what CBS has in store. Um, but I'll tell you this, people were lined up around this booth for hours to meet Jeff Peterson. This was at the height of the uh, Jeff the Robot period. And they would not let me come out from my hidden cubbyhole and greet the fans which is the antithesis of what comic-con is yeah so for two years i had to stay hidden behind the wall i could see people i could interact with them through the robot but there was a mandate that i could not go out and meet anybody and and that just that just you know broke my heart that was the most ridiculous thing i'd ever heard in my life so that was kind of how it went on that show for me um, they kind of wanted to, look, we want to create the illusion that the robot's real. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Who the fuck? Well, come I remember on, when I worked at Disney, like, I remember that was a big thing. Like the Mickey Mouse, when you got Mickey on the, like in the, you know, Mickey, you can't, it's not someone in an outfit. It's Mickey. And right. there's a whole thing. You have to address it as Mickey and Mickey gets his yeah. own dressing room. And the illusion there is saying, and that it makes sense. Like it's for kids. It's a brand. And the Muppets too. Like yeah. the Muppet, the Muppet performers used to come to the late, late show. 
and they would bring the Muppets in and they would keep the Muppets covered with these black sheets so you couldn't see them. They, you were not allowed to see them when they weren't moving, when they weren't alive. Yeah, makes sense. And I, and I appreciate it. the Muppets. You're talking about giant franchises. You're talking about big characters that have been around for years. But this was a late night talk show. And I just it, it, it was very um, it was very sad for me. I think for a minute there, too, there was a, a petition that some of the more devoted fans put together to get rid of Jeff Peterson during the very early years. We want to get rid of Jeff because he's taking time away from Craig. Craig's talking to us, you know, that kind of, yeah. And the, and the producers considered it for a minute. So there were, uh, there were moments like that where I thought, geez, this is really not as fun as I thought it was very fun. I mean, we had a great time on that show, but there was a sadness there where I just felt like, People didn't care. And, and look, people, with all the information we have out there in the world, people really, most people just don't really reach for it. They don't Google stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they consume a thing and then they go on with their life. And I get it. But um, anyway, I've used the example of Bill Beretta, one of my favorite Muppet performers. Bill Beretta does, you know, Pepe the Prawn and, and, and Johnny Fiamma and Bobo the Bear. And, um, you know, Bill's a, a tremendous talent and a great improviser, but it would be like if Bill Beretta got his own talk show, who would care? You know, they don't they don't know who Bill. I mean, I know who he is, but, you know, most people would would not, you know. And so that's what I was kind of struggling with. They they want the character, but they don't really care who you are. That's what I thought. There he is. Bill Beretta. Yeah. There's so, Bill Beretta. Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. Genius. And they do it now. Like, But I, you're right. There was a period where you couldn't see that. I remember there was a period where the Simpsons weren't allowed to do the voice in human form. Yeah. Like they want to be protective of the character, but I think people have yeah. moved on. And so is that, but that, that, so that is interesting. Does it make sense? Is that, is that where it sort of started of you sort of resenting the character of sort of like, you know what? I'm bigger than this. Screw you. I don't want to keep, I'm not your monkey. I'm not your robot. I'm not going to keep doing that. Is that where you think it came from originally? No, I think it was, I think it was after the show ended, you know, it, and I know Leonard Nimoy famously went through this with his, you know, I am not Spock mm -hmm. period. And then later, and by the way, I would gladly have loved to have had a character like Spock because what people have to realize is Jeff Peterson isn't like C-3PO. I'm not like Anthony Daniels. I wasn't part of something that was a worldwide multi-million dollar phenomenon because if it were, I'd have no problem being Jeff Peterson for the rest of my life. You yeah. know what I mean? So when the show ended, uh, it, I really, because of some of the bad experiences I had and the way the show ended was so sad for me. The, the final day was so sad and such a horrible footnote that I just wanted to distance myself from it, which I think is understandable, but I did it in a way that came off certainly very angry and, and bitter. And, and then of course I made the mistake of, uh, <laughs> of going live a lot of times and, uh, you know, talking about it, which I think on one hand was good and built a new audience of people that appreciated my honesty, because there is something to be said for that. Um, but I also think it left a bad taste in other diehard fans' mouths where they didn't quite understand. And that's not their place to understand that artists just want to move on. Sometimes we just want, but it, I love the character. I love that I was on that show. It's amazing that we made something that people still remember to this day. That's not something that anybody gets to do all of the time. It's a very special thing. But yeah, man, I just, I was like, I don't even want to talk about it right now. Well, I don't I, want to do my catchphrases. Yeah. You know? I love, that's, a, that's so fascinating because it's, I think that so many people can relate, even just anybody who's created something, but it's at that moment of, do I talk honestly is such a fascinating one too. Like, did you, 
I guess there, there's it's a twi- it's basically Twitter, right? Because it's like Twitter as a platform itself, I, I think is probably everyone should just be off Twitter. If you want to be have a healthy relationship yeah. and work in Hollywood, the ability yeah. to sort of just say what you want right away without a are you sure button can really right. be dangerous. And so when you come off a show, there might be some bitterness, might be some anger. And it's smart because then you're like, you're going to figure out who your audience is and who's going to actually, you know, who's ride or die with you after the after the fall. Uh, yeah. But then it does potentially, you know, cause some waves where people are like, oh, he's just, he's he's bitter. I'm not going to work with him again. Well, and I think any, it's that other thing of like, you know, it's the it's the the joke we've heard all the time where the band takes the stage and it's like play Freebird, you know, we don't we don't care about any of your new stuff. Give us the hits. And I was contending with wanting to move forward. At the time, I had put a lot of my own money into a TV pilot. A great one, by the way. Which is real. I'm very proud of that. And I relabeled it. I re- rebranded it, if you will, a, a comedy special, which I think it works for that in that way. Um, but people would comment on it, you know, whatever. It was like it was almost like whatever. Who cares? We want Craig and Jeff. Yeah. I don't know what your all this stuff is. And I was doing like a podcast and all these live streams and new characters and posting my uh, my artwork. And the general feeling was. We, we don't give a shit. Please stop and do some, do do something with Craig. And uh, yeah, and I think most people meant well. Now I can see, I think most people genuinely just get really excited and really have a fondness for that uh, character. And the show helped people through a lot of dark times in their lives. Just a couple of days ago, I tweeted that, that hearing other people's uh, perspectives and stories about The Late Late Show and what it meant to them has helped me through my own darkness. And so there was this outpouring of anecdotes and uh, and love and stories that people were sharing about. They had a parent that died or they were going through a divorce or they had lost their job. And in some way, our show comforted them. And, you know, man, like you can't you can't plan for that. That's like an amazing thing to have. So I just have learned to just kind of embrace that and 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 embracing that character doesn't negate my new work even if people don't gravitate toward it it doesn't negate the new stuff you can still have both that's kind of what i've learned do you have advice for somebody who's like maybe it's in that where it's like oh man it's made some cool character i'm gonna ride this for a while but oh it's gonna end and i'm sort mm-hmm. of frustrated or disgruntled or mad at the people involved like now that you've lived it it's such a sort of weird sort of thing for people to repeat but i'm yeah. sure in hollywood it might happen a lot what's your advice like to take away of like how, would you have changed how you handled the out the, the aftermath yeah. differently today i would definitely have yeah i mean i think i think on one hand being as honest as i was about the pain that i was feeling and it wasn't just about the show at the time December 2014 when the show ended most of 2015 I would go live on a certain app that will remain nameless uh but this app was the wrong platform for me and that app was mostly filled with not all bad people but it was mostly the kind of people that like to kick someone while they're down and I and I felt like that was as good as it was going to get for me so I embraced that and I think ranting about what I was going through was good on one hand because it did reach a new audience. And that is how we managed to crowdfund my pilot. I think people saw the honesty and the the realness and many people said they identified with it. And and we made, I mean, we raised, I think $50,000, which was unprecedented to, to make that pilot. On the other hand, I think I would have done therapy a lot sooner 
and I think I would have kept some things to myself, you know. Um, but you know, listen, it's it, it. The problem now is people record everything; they save everything. You know, with, with, it's like everything is saved, everything is collected, everything is screenshot. So, it's this weird mentality. Like, what are we all going to be in a deposition? What are you saving all this stuff for? So, right. you just got to be careful with that. And um, and I feel bad if true fans got caught in the crossfire because I really do appreciate them. And uh, oh yeah, there's. Uh, well, yeah, I was I was getting ready right to people. The, the pilot is really epic. You can now you can see it. The special smart. It's got Lucas, everybody in there, and you can watch it yeah. on his channel, the Josh Robert Thompson channel. But it's a really fun watch to go check out. And and it, just what a cool thing to be able to have made to sort of showcase all your all your talents and things. That had to be very cathartic to be able to do that right after and sort of prove to everybody I'm way more than a robot. See, look at all the stuff I can do, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, I actually shot it before the Late Late Show ended. So we actually made this in August of 2014 because Craig very generously called me personally to let me know that he was stepping down from the show. So I appreciate him doing that. And I took some of the money, a, a lot of them. First of all, I would advise you never take your own money when you're making a show. <laughs> yes. That's my number one very good advice. advice. Don't, don't do that. But I got a team of people together that I love and I've worked with over the years. And um, we made something very special. What was sad and what hurt is we didn't sell it because people because people had no idea who I was. It goes back to the Bill Beretta thing. It's the Bill Beretta show. Who? You know, so we had a hard time getting anybody to really look at it. Right. Um, but I will well, say and it's this. also like they're going to ask, like, well, you're great. That sounds good. But what are you doing now? What's next? I remember the thing. What's, like, what's next? What's next what's is next? all they care about. What's next? Well, I you got this what? pilot. I, uh, great. But are you attached to anything else? Uh, who's in the pilot? Is, is Craig in the pilot? I imagine there's a lot of that stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was funny because a lot of the people from my pilot went on to amazing things. Most notably, Melissa Villasenor, who was in the pilot briefly. She went on to SNL. Yep. And I remember at the time, I couldn't get the show sold. I was kind of broke. I didn't know what the hell was going on in my life. I felt like I felt like I was slipping through the cracks. I felt like I was becoming a footnote. I felt like I just accepted it. Honestly, I, I just gave up and said, well, I guess that's it. I guess you. And, and when you live in the Midwest, I grew up in Cleveland. The common phrase you always hear is, well, if you do nothing else. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, that helps. Well, you know, you lost your job at the factory, but hey, if you never get another job, at least you had that. I mean, it's the worst thing to say to somebody. <laughs> but but I remember um, my manager at the time, uh, and he's a great guy. I said, I said to him, look, all of these people from my pilot have gone on to amazing things except for me. And he said, <laughs> and he said, I swear, I swear he said to me, well, that just means that you have good casting instincts. <laughs> oh, that's what you, yeah, become a casting like, director, Josh. Doesn't really, that's not, so, so I, I leaned into the bitterness and I held on to things like that. And yeah, it was very painful because I love this show and I felt like, um, you know, I had been sort of abandoned, left for dead on the side of the road. But here's an amazing thing. Last year, this show, after like six, five or five years of trying to shop it around, after five years of nothing happening after five years of being so depressed and sad about it, I got a call from my agent that someone at SNL saw the pilot and they wanted an audition immediately from me. So I auditioned for SNL. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know year. that. So that's an amazing thing. And this pilot also led to a meeting with some other people 
and it was one of the biggest meetings I've ever had in my life. And it, so it just kind of shows that maybe you didn't sell the show and it didn't yeah. lead to a series, but it did lead to something else and you just don't know. So it's so know. true. I can't tell you so many of my successes throughout it. Just, it's so ran It's a random person who saw one of the dumb, one of the ones that wasn't even a hit. It's like, right. Oh yeah, I saw that. And then you're like, Oh cool. Yeah. That was, yeah. A, that was a big one. Huh? I love doing that. And you're like, I, I almost didn't post that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's some, it just proves the always put it out there. You never know how something's going to hit. Well, I got to hear what's yeah. the, what's the center lot, but how did that go? Like everyone, what's the audition story? What'd you do? Did you do your impressions? Uh, that I'm always, yeah, I did. I did impressions. Um, and then I did one of my really weird characters, Gary, the ogre who, who is in the pilot. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing about SNL, it's just an amazing honor to be asked personally to audition. Yeah. I, I don't think people that aren't involved in that world. I mean, I, you have to understand that that's like a really big deal. They don't really ask people, you know, and so I was honored just for that. And also you don't know when it's going to happen. I never heard anything, but that doesn't mean anything because people have heard back years later and and got the got the gig. So yeah, well they're diversifying right now. So you're you're not you're not you're not. It's a little harder. For well, you I'm right. aware, and almost, <laughs> that's actually a good point because the uh, you know what also started happening the last couple of years is uh, I started getting a little pushback on like the Morgan Freeman voice. Yep, and I had to really stand my ground on that because I was like, look this is not a caricature, uh, a racist caricature or send up of a black man. This is an impression of a guy, Morgan Freeman. And there's nobody There's like, I, I don't know who else does it this way. Right. So there was one show, uh, which shall remain nameless. They, the, the casting directors contacted me and said, look, buddy, we think you're the best. And I was like, uh Oh, what's this going to be? And they said, we got to have an, a casting call to replace you as Morgan Freeman. We don't want to do it, but we got some pressure. So they did for three weeks, they auditioned a bunch of people and I was sweating bullets. And then they came back with their tail between their legs and said, well, you're back in. They couldn't find anybody. <laughs> so that's a nice story. It's amazing. But, um, yeah. No, unless, unless you go to Freeman himself, who has publicly even endorsed you, right? Mr. Freeman, yeah, just have yeah. Josh and do I, it. Yeah, Josh can do it. I don't even remember. He probably doesn't even remember, honestly. I don't even know who that is. But, <laughs> you know, so listen, the other thing I want to say is nothing can prepare you for fame. And I don't really think that I was that famous, but I was on a show that had a lot of followers, very devout fan base, devout fan base. And, um, it was a network TV show for about 10 years and I just didn't, there's no, there's no guidebook on how to handle uh, trolls or negative comments. And I just reacted. I was very reactive, which I think is very human, but it's this weird thing of, it's that example of uh, trolls are like people that, that announce to you, they're going to run the red light. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm running the red light. I'm driving through the intersection, <laughs> yep. so you have to get out of the way. And you go, no, no, just don't run the red light. They're, no, no, you ha however you react, that's on you, bro. I'm, I, my foot's off the brake. I'm running the red light. And that's how trolls are. It's like I'm saying these terrible things to you, and you have to decide how you react. And if you react wrong, we're going to make fun of you for that. So I, I kind of got involved in that for a little while, and, and I'm happy to be out the other side. 
Yeah, well, and you had some other well, successes. Let's not. I mean, this this collider thing blew up. I, I mean, it. right? Oh we have yeah. just the background that we're gonna use. <laughs> right. That's so good. It was like a green screen. I mean, it did so well. I mean, millions of views, and they, that sort they they like changed their whole programming because of it. And they got some flack for that too. But they were like, "We're gonna yeah. ride this or die, ride or die," and it, it was a good idea. Like I, they they got in there and they got you, but it really was you more than the. Well, technology. I'll say uh, the the thing that I'm most proud of still maybe even more than my pilot just the thing that i have i just love so much is that is that deep fake round table that we did yep um that is some of the most fun creatively that's like the direction i really want to go and i love how weird it is and all of the guys that worked on that are just stellar at what they do jeff richards it's that guy, so Jeff freaky Richard, looking at this, the world we're he in. He plays now. Robert Downey Jr. Jeff Richards is, to me, the greatest living impressionist right now. That guy's a, that guy's a, a, a genius. And I play Jeff Goldblum. Yes, yeah, there yeah. I am. Oh, yeah. there I am. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> and then I also play George Lucas. Yeah. Uh, we had to do two takes. Yeah, it's, it's wild watching how this but, all go, plays out. It's so freaky. But again, hey, again, to your point, anonymity. No yeah. one knew who was doing this right because people don't really know what deep fake is we know because we're in this world so we just know things because we're always reading up on stuff but people didn't my fans were like we don't know what this is why are you posting it are you all of them are you one of them <laughs> you know and um i think that's what i kind of wrestled with so in all of my work i think especially as a voice actor there is that there is a little bit of sadness. There's an undercurrent of sadness because you really are mostly anonymous. And it it's not like you want fame. You just want people to know that you did the work, especially yeah. when you're proud of something. Like this yeah. thing is, that deep fake round table is fucking brilliant. Man. Yeah, you did a few. They are super funny. You did several of them. They got a lot of people saw it, but they, but they, they did credit yeah. you at least, but no one reads these credits, sadly. No, they don't. But, That's but, the other thing. Yeah, they don't read yet. Well, so to just sort of end positively here, like, because in the spirit of keep going, like what, how, so how sure. do you, what is your, what is your message? There? Like, how did you find, how have you, it seems like you have matured a lot over the years and sort of the experiences you've, you've gone through have helped you learn how to move on from these things and not be so jaded or bitter about it. Yeah. Is there a lesson there you can sort of share to the audience? Well, I, I mean, and I'm not even jokingly, I mean, therapy has definitely helped me a lot. I mean, I, I started doing that a few years ago and um, I think stepping away, uh, pull, you know, I, pulling your own head out of your ass and, and getting out of your own way. You know, I was in my own way because I had expectations about how things were going to go. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I had expectations that after the Late Late Show, the industry would know. That's the guy that was Jeff the Robot. Oh, the sky's the limit. Here's the key to the city, young man. Anything you want. But it didn't work out that way. And you just have to take care of yourself first. I think I was drinking a lot and um, I wasn't really in, in the best of health. I wasn't really exercising. And I think it's simple things like that that can help you through these things but therapy definitely helped it did uh just talking to someone about these things and also uh making amends with people you know just to i guess quote a page out of the uh you know aa book i, I haven't gone to any of those meetings but um the idea of reaching out to people that you feel maybe you've wronged or you've had a beef with and just kind of squashing that 
can really uh, lighten your soul and take the heaviness off your shoulders. Um, I believe I course corrected over the last two years by letting all of the fans know, you know what, I do appreciate you. And I am sorry that I was, you know, kind of angry and bitter about it. Um, I think that's really it. I think just taking care of yourself and maybe taking a break from social media for a while. Oh my it's, God, such really, a good advice, yeah. You know what I mean? It really is the most important thing. I only post now when I have something to promote. For this fundraiser, I thought this was the perfect time to bring this character back because it's for a good reason. And I'm genuinely stunned by the outpouring of love. Um, and I think you lean into that. And again, remember, just because people love this stuff you did in the past, it doesn't negate what you're working on now. You can have both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's totally fine. And But I let go of a lot of anger. I let go a lot of a lot of anger. There were a lot of people that I felt could have helped me th- during this time. There were, yeah, sure, there were people that could have retweeted my pilot. There were people that could have reached out uh, and offered me some, whatever it was. It wasn't really their responsibility. You know, I was blaming other people for my position in life and it, and it just wasn't down to anybody else but me. And uh, that shows so, growth, man. I, I, I so and I relate to so much of that this the humbleness. Yeah. You've you've been humbled in a way, but also you've clearly been putting in the work. Therapy is such an important thing for to help people get grounded. And social media is the opposite of therapy. It's like it it's a detriment. So for you to figure that out, and I, I want to send a good word at you because I, I. But when back in the day when I was canceled, we weren't that close. But I, I was reaching right. out. I was doing my own reaching out and trying to make my amends with as many people that wouldn't let me. And there were so many people who were judging me still from what, what you know what happened. But Josh was kind enough because I had this, I had this gig, I had this opportunity. I was like, you're so talented. I'd love to work with you. Not many people want to work with me. And we sort of kept it off. I think it's safe to finally reveal. I know they don't care. Anymore. I hope you don't care anymore. But I was going to say, Josh did the did this amazing thing. We did this project called One Rub. I have it here, Josh. You still have your One Rub. One Rub. But back when I was just trying to rebuild quietly, and like this, this was a family friend company that helped hire me to do a commercial. We actually did yeah. this a really funny commercial that Josh was very. We they flew him out to Florida to do it. He did his Morgan, oh, Freeman. Not Morgan Freeman. I'm not but Morgan. I do sound like him. There he is. Squint and the sunlight yeah, hits me just so. I didn't even think that. I'm surprised you get canceled like for this. Kind of look like him. <laughs> just no, kidding. that's not true. It's a very funny spot where we had him play out all these characters and for this one uh, a brand. Uh, but oh, man, yeah. to, to, to just a, a good guy that Josh is, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, dude. It sounds like you're doing better. You're, you're in a good place. You're doing better. I, I let, yeah, if you got some gigs, let's do it. And I really appreciate that you did that. And I appreciate one rub doing that. So I'm giving them a free plug, given all that they they did. But they they put us to work for a little while there. It was very nice of them. They did. Uh, we did pranks with you as Morgan Freeman out in the beach and stuff. Uh, oh my god, it was a fun time to do. I, I, I yeah, I, that was really great, man. I, I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and you and got to be you. Fun. I love that we put out. I made a whole point of like, hey, yeah. but I'm, hey, I'm Josh, and I was like, let's make sure we see you. In you know, movie. it's funny. Uh, recently, I'm, I did a movie, um, a Kristen Wiig film called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Oh, you're in that? With, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah, and I, I play this talking crab who has a pretty long scene with. Uh, Kristen Wiig, where I give her advice about life. And of course, the talking crab sounds like Morgan Freeman, but his name is Morgan Freeman. Uh. And and in in the spirit of what we're talking about, uh, first the first thing that happened was all of the news outlets reported it as Morgan Freeman is doing the voice of a talking crab. And <laughs> oh, I was like, 
You can't get a win. "Ah." And then, you know what? Here's what happens. And the fans mean well, but this is what they do. And all of my fans sound like my mom to me. That's what it is. All of my (laughs) fans are about my mom's age. So they'll be like, well, that just means that you're so good that they can't tell. And I'm like, yes, I know. However, so uh, a shout out to Film School Rejects, who did a, a great interview with me. And set the record straight. And finally, everybody corrected what they had written. Bravo. uh, Thank you guys for that. But yeah, man. And I really actually thought that they were going to replace me. You know, we don't know most of the time whether we're in a movie or not. Yep. Until it comes out. And sadly for them, they didn't get a premiere and they didn't get a theatrical release because of everything that's been going on. So I just thought, well, I guess that's it. I'm sure they got rid of that character, but they didn't. So... Good Thank now, you. and when you Definitely. got, I'm, I've been actually hearing fun things. They're, apparently, it's very zany and funny. It's, it's, it's terrible marketing, but uh, apparently, it's very funny. I'm going to try and give it. A, but now, I especially will give that. So there's so much to check out here, guys. So grateful for Josh coming again. Let's recap. Go support uh, his his fundraiser here for his friend. Uh, go check out a shirt if you like what he said. Go give his go give a buy a shirt. Support the cause. Uh, finally, bringing Jeff the robot back. Uh, you can go get uh, all that stuff on his ink to the people. You can also subscribe to uh, Josh Robert Thompson over on youtube watch his pilot or go to the jrt show here it is the jrt show is a good place JRT to sort of show contact everything see everything that you got going on and then yeah, yeah while you're why, at it, go yeah, get some google me why don't yeah. you guys google me for once come on you know what <laughs> hey uh, interesting thing I, I guess i was in uh, timeout or facebook jail for six years because for six years no one could see my posts on their fan pages what a great organization wow. so the last three days ago three days ago suddenly thousands of people could see everything I was posting. And they kept saying, where you been? And I'm saying, I'm right here. So it's kind of perfect timing with this fundraiser. And also I have to mention uh, Nalani, Nalani Williams is the fabulous artist who did all of the uh, Jeff Peterson artwork. Oh, got you here. Um, yeah. No, I, did great. The, I did the one, I did the one that says balls, my crude drawing of Jeff Peterson, <laughs> but she did all of these other fantastic pieces. Yeah. The Andy um, Warhol style. It looks great. Andy I love Warhol this one. Style. Yeah. yeah. I really did a wonderful job. So you can find out about my friend, Matt, you can read up on his story and you can uh, find out where to follow Nalani as well, all on that website. So these are the guys that do fundraisers all the time with Zack Snyder. That's why I picked them. They're a great oh, company. Yeah. Yeah. Great, that's right. great, okay. great company. Yeah, good for you. Good for you, man. Well, really there good you go. People. Go support Josh. Josh, so fun to talk. You'll have to come back. There's so much, so much more we can talk about oh, in the future. Of course. Uh, go support him. He's a good guy. Uh, love it. Go follow him on Twitter as well. I think I showed you. Yeah, JR, uh, Josh R. Thompson on Twitter. Uh, go That's show right. him some love. And guys, thank you so much for watching. If you haven't yet subscribed to this channel, why aren't you doing it? Look at these fantastic conversations we're having. Yeah, come Hit on. that subscribe button. Tell tell him, Morgan. Come on, Morgan Freeman. Tell yeah, him what subscribe. What the hell is wrong with you? Subscribe to my friend Andy. Oh, <laughs> He's a good man with all kinds of, you know, trinkets and Funko Pop bullshit. <laughs> Grow up, will you? Anyway, Andy. There we go. Uh, watch these other videos. Check out Josh. Go support the cause. Thank you guys so much for watching here on Hugging the Cactus and the Keep Going Podcast. Be back with you soon, everybody.